Reference to or information about any specific product or service by name, trade name, trademark, or service mark in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement of that product or service. And now on to the episode. Hello and welcome to Better Money with Elements Financial. I'm your host, Miranda Finley. I'm a certified financial wellness professional who has worked with thousands of people in all walks of life, and I'm also a real person with real financial experiences. I'll chat from both personal and professional viewpoints to help make your money better. Today we'll be covering how to navigate financial hardship. If you find yourself in the position of hardship, you're not alone. According to a survey by Gallup, 61% of Americans say recent price increases have caused financial moderate to severe hardship up from 55% previously. More Americans say their financial situation is only fair or poor than not at 55%, and more are reporting their situation is worsening at 50% than the 37% that say theirs is improving. To help us navigate hardship is Elements legend Terry Mossbrucker. Terry is a part of our asset recovery department and has specialized in serving Elements members for nearly 30 years with budgeting and finding helpful solutions in tough financial situations. Welcome to the pod, Terry. Thank you. I know you're really excited to be here. Terry is such a gem. I have learned so much from her over the years. She's taught me everything I know about credit, and she's been such a huge help to me um, with my personal finances and has been invested in my personal financial success. So I'm very excited for you to hear from her today. I think a through line that we've had in conversations that we've had about hardship and what you do in asset recovery or more commonly known as collections is that communication is key when you experience hardship. Um, So why do you feel that that's important, Terry? And we can kind of start there. If you don't communicate, you can't solve anything. And as a collector, if you put that hat on, collectors want to help. Um, And it's certainly easier to write the sinking ship, so to speak, the sooner you contact your creditors. Yeah. And I feel that's important for people to hear that directly from a collector, that like on the other side of things that you're actively wanting to provide solutions to the people that you're reaching out to or that are contacting you. And so I like to hear that perspective. So when it comes to financial hardship, obviously creditors aren't the only people that are impacted by the financial hardship that you might be experiencing. And we talk about this a lot, like having transparent, open communication when it comes to your finances. So it's pretty important when it comes to hardship to, ha- to have those conversations too, right? With maybe even roommates, um, family, of course, because this affects your mood. Mm-hmm. Um, it affects everything about you, maybe your sleep, your mental health. Yeah. And, and that affects your family or those closest to you. And it seems like those closest to you are the people that you tend to take things out on more. So it'd be, probably be nice if they knew what was going on or at yeah. least some piece of it. Yeah, I think it can help with accountability. We talk about that a lot. So if your family, your friends, people that are impacted by your financial decisions or your financial position are in the know about what's happening or maybe some changes that you're hoping to make, it's more helpful to have people in the loop to keep you on the right track. Or when you say no, or I can't do that, then it's a little bit easier for them to understand where you may be coming from. But I also think that if you're going to make financial changes, those people that are A, also spending the money in your household, so spouses, significant others, children, 
that they know that some changes might be coming with the situation. So if you're experiencing job loss, income reduction, if you're just trying to write some, you know, financial uh, decisions that you've made previously, you're going to need to clue in those people, right? Correct. And like you said, there are more people in this position than not at 61%. So you're not in this alone. And it does help to involve those closest to you to, to some extent, depending upon age and, and relationship. But yeah. Yeah. And your comfort level. But... You're going to get support from them if they know what's going on. Agreed. And when we turn it back to support that we would get from our creditors and communicating with them, they may be aware, you know, we say this all the time, like we work on fi- in financial wellness and in finance 40 hours a week. So it's what we know, it's what we do. However, what you do 40 hours a week is probably something that we might not have a full um, picture of and not know how to do and not know all the ins and outs or um, resources that are available. Um, and so when people communicate earlier with creditors, it allows us to provide more resources and solutions for them, correct? Correct. So when we look at those resources and solutions for people that are currently in hardship, what are some tools or some like arrows in your quiver that you have to, to help support people through, you know, that job loss, income reduction, illness, whatever they may be experiencing that's put them into financial hardship? So some of the things that people may not know about are payment deferrals. So maybe you can defer some payments. What does deferring a payment mean? So that would mean taking your February payment, January, February, March, maybe, and moving them to the back of the loan. Now, to do this, they're probably going to have to know what the longevity of the hardship is. Do you have a plan for this to end? Or is this a, just a Band-Aid? Your creditors will make decisions on what is best for you. So, But that's one of the things. Um, skip a payment. Maybe your loan has a skip a payment program that you're not even aware of. I think most loan loan um, loan programs do have that skip pay kind of built in. Once a year, some twice a year. So you should know that and take advantage of it. Moving due dates. Maybe you've recently taken a new job and your payment dates have changed and it's just messed up your finances all the way across the board because now you're not being you're not able to pay on the due dates. So you can move due dates on loans. All you have to do is ask. One of the things that I learned from you that we often point out to our membership base too when we're talking about moving due dates is so say your 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 paychecks you're paid on the first and the fifteenth and the majority of your bills, your mortgage, your rent payment, maybe your car payment, insurance, and a couple subscription services are all due on the first or around the first. That first paycheck you're gonna feel really tight until you get to that 15th paycheck. Um, So if you split your bills a little bit more evenly between your paychecks, like Terry mentioned, it can really help um, eliminate that like financial roller coaster throughout the month so that you have your bills split a little bit more evenly between your pay cycles. And there are going to be some bills like your mortgage that you might not be able to move. A lot of those are going to come out on the first either way. But when it comes to your car payment or other uh, loans that you have due, there might be an option to either move that due date or you can self-split that payment so you can set aside half of it, one paycheck, and then by the time it's due for your next paycheck, you pull out the other half from that second paycheck. So that can be really helpful too. And what about modifications? So in a, in a really dire situation, modifications can be a resource, right? Correct. And in a modification, maybe your creditor would accept partial payments for a certain period of time, or even look at restructuring the debt. 
we're a credit union, so many people have multiple loans with us. Maybe there's a way to restructure to get that all into one. Maybe use um, equity from a car, use equity from a house, if that makes sense, or just combine the outstanding loan balances. So if you if you happen to get a collector that doesn't isn't forthcoming with any of these ideas, it's good for you to have these ideas in the back of your head that you could maybe suggest to them. Yes, you because to trust me, they've heard of them before. And they'll know what you mean. Well, because at the end of the day, they want the amount of money you owe them, right? So they're always going to go for that route first. Um, so if you if you already know that you're not in the position to make that full payment, or you won't be over the next couple months having these tools in your tool belt as a consumer and as someone who took the loan out, it can be helpful um, to kind of move things forward and negotiate um, where you're at with your loan. Right. And if you have a lot of creditors that you feel like you're going to have to go through this story over and over, one thing you might do is write a hardship letter and have that available and say, I am experiencing a hardship. I've got this in writing. I'd be happy to email that to you. And then maybe we could talk after you've had a chance to look at that. I like that because I feel like that reduces the mental and emotional capacity of going through your situation again and again. And not knowing how it's going to be received on the other side can also be difficult and intimidating to want to have that conversation again and again and again. So I love the idea of that. It also shows that you're prepared. You know there's a hardship and you're prepared to act on it. Yeah, because ultimately you're you're asking your lender in these situations to make a concession for your original terms that you agreed to. So obviously you didn't know that hardship would happen in your life. Nobody really anticipates that. But recognizing that like you're asking for a concession from them, um, I think that is important to acknowledge when you're going into this. So those are like a shorter term tools that you can use, but there are longer term tools that we love here at Elements. So why don't we uh, talk about um, how financial coaching and getting our cash flow right maintaining um, that B word, the budget word that a lot of people don't love, how that can empower us so that if we end up in financial hardship or if we're in existing hardship, how it's going to help us get out of it and handle that um, better overall. And I think you and I have spoken about this before that first you have to acknowledge that things aren't adding up at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. And then why aren't they? Well, the easiest way to get a handle on that is to write down the whole household monthly income, what you're actually bringing home, and just write down those bills that you're already obligated to pay. So you know you have your utilities, you know you have your rent or mortgage, you know you have your car payment, insurance, not food, um, not gas. Those are the things you buy after you find out how much money you have left after you pay the people that you've already said, basically a contract that Mm -hmm. you would pay. That gives you a real picture of, gee, I should be able to buy a new outfit every week or so what's going wrong here because there is money left or there's no money left for food and gas and then you may have some different decisions that Mm -hmm. you need to make but that's the best starting point is what's really there after I pay my bills yeah I think that awareness is a huge piece I think a lot of people just aren't aware of how much they have incoming how much they have outgoing and what the difference is if there is a difference So when it comes to financial coaching, I also think it can be really helpful to address your relationship with money. So if you haven't taken time to be proactive um, and intentional about analyzing, you know, what good habits do I have with money? What bad habits do I have? What did I inherit from my parents? Um, And not like money, like physical cash that you've inherited, but like 
their habits have likely impacted your relationship with money, how you think about it, how you handle it, how you organize it, where you bank even. All of those things can be impacted by your family of origin, your parents, your grandparents, your aunt and uncle, whoever was impactful for you um, in your childhood. So taking time to step away and be intentional and say, what about that do I want to emulate? And what would I like to do differently? Like what was healthy and what's not healthy? And am I just doing the exact same things that they were doing? I think financial coaching can be helpful to, to help you identify those things. And having an objective point of view in that I feel is key. And then kind of like hand in hand with that is credit management. So not waiting until we're in a position of financial hardship or until we're ready to like go sign the dotted line on a loan before we start paying attention to our credit score and what's on our credit report, right? And the credit score, and you mentioned that, so I'm just going to elaborate on that, Mm -hmm. plays a huge part in whether or not you're able to borrow money. That's another reason to get ahead of this. As soon as you feel like there might be a problem where it's keeping you up at night for even a few minutes, you need to do something about this so that you can salvage your credit score. Because then if you need to borrow money, need to ask for some of these concessions, you're going to be in a lot better position the higher that credit score is. Yeah. And we talk about it all the time, and it goes back to communication and the timing of the communication you have with your creditors. If you've experienced a layoff or a job loss or you're underemployed currently, and you know that there's a likelihood that you're going to need to miss a payment because you're not sure where the money's going to come from, call before that 30-day mark. Likely you have a heads up of what you're going to be able to pay and what you might not be able to pay. So having that conversation before the 30-day mark means that a solution, you you might be able to come to a solution with your creditor before it has a long-term impact on your credit. So a late payment on your credit negatively impacts you for seven years. So your financial hardship may be a blip, you know, in your timeline. Maybe you lost a job today and, you know, in a couple months you're going to get a new job and you're going to get a better salary and be in a better position. But to have this blip of a financial hardship then chase you for seven years after that that's what we're looking to have you avoid. So, And I think if I were a listener, I'd be saying, but if I don't have the money to pay, why am I going to call? Because I'm going to get this 30-day late anyway, because I'm not going to be able to pay it. And I already know that. But that's when you call and you ask for the deferral where they'd be moving that payment to the back. That does not count against you, and it won't hurt your credit at all. So there are things, even though you don't have the money to pay, that creditors can do to help you to salvage your credit. Such a good perspective. Thank you for that. I do, you know, if you've listened to the podcast or you've heard me teach in other capacities, I always like to acknowledge that there are always things within our control that we can do to make our financial situation better. And we're going to talk about some of those, um, some more of those a little bit later on in the episode. But I do want to acknowledge that the reason people are feeling, you know, 61% of Americans are feeling like they're in, in financial hardship, that it's moderate to severe at this point is because of systemic issues and economic impact that we've been feeling over the past few years. So obviously coming off the tail end of COVID with the the ramifications of our economy quickly shifting, we've seen high inflation rates, we've seen rate increases. So um, the average credit card interest rate has gone up. Um, I think I shared this in our last inflation episode. Uh, The average credit card interest rate has gone up over 4% year over year over the last couple of years. And so it's just harder to get ahead. And if you found yourself in a position where you've had to rely on credit cards for a little bit or you haven't been as cognizant of your spending, 
and you've utilized your credit cards, you might not have the expendable income that you once did because your mortgage went up, your rent went up, your food costs have gone up. And so it gets tougher and tougher to dig ourselves out of those situations. And then, of course, there are always life events that are going to lead us to this. So marriage, divorce, change in health status, caregiving for a loved one, um, change in job status, being underemployed, being laid off. All of those things can contribute to being in financial hardship. Is there anything else that you can think of in those lines, Terry? I think one of the things that I've seen since COVID was people were getting an influx of cash and not spending anything because we were all locked down and at home. So we're seeing higher car payments, one, because of the interest rate, two, because there was this sense of I can afford that when I'm not spending anything and I've got money coming in for the assistance. And now people are stepping back and saying, oh, I really can't afford that car because gas prices are up, grocery prices are up. So what I'm hearing is, is that it was just easier to overcommit in the, in the environment that we were in um, during lockdown and during COVID because people weren't eating out as much. They may have had their children at home with them and they were doing kind of like a hybrid parenting, working kind of thing at home without paying childcare. And so as they reintroduced some of these things, going out to eat, vacationing, the travel back into their life, and then student loan payments started to come due. All of those things, plus the commitments that they had made during COVID, like, you know, a car payment on average of over $700, they're just getting to a point where it's not feasible for them in the long run. So, yeah, I think those are huge contributors to where people might be. Good point, Terry. Thank you. And what I do sometimes, um, and usually when I have really tough conversations, I end up consulting with Terry to make sure that I'm setting the person up for success and I'm setting them on the right path. We have a lot of tough conversations in what we do. Um, I think I learned the art of a tough conversation from you. And so when you're having tough conversations with people, we talk about choosing a hard. This isn't an easy situation. We don't want to downplay it. But sometimes we're faced with situations that there's not a clear, good answer, and we just have to make a choice. So how do you help people kind of through that? And can you share with listeners what you would tell somebody that's like, this is really hard? Well, I actually think you made a good point about that, about choosing you're hard, maybe not having my coffee every morning, getting my nails done. Those at one point may have seemed like really big things to give up. But if you step back and think about it, if you're in the 61% of people who are experiencing a financial hardship, those are little minute things, but they can make big dollar turnarounds on a monthly basis. So it's really taking a look at where you're spending your money. Yeah. And we want to make sure that your sacrifice matters. So if you're choosing to take a step back and you're choosing to eliminate some things from your cash flow and from your budget and you're sacrificing those things in the short term, being highly intentional with those dollars and being intentional with making that hard choice for today so that hopefully tomorrow and the next day and the next day after that will be better. It's all hard, but like one is hard for now. But then the other is perpetually hard. So if you keep doing the same things that you've always been doing you can't expect different results. So it's either you make a few hard choices now to sacrifice um, and get yourself to a position where you're on more of a solid ground, you are better off financially, you understand what financial success and stability means to you, you work with someone like Terry or me or with your creditors, and you get to a point where it was hard for now, but like in the future, it's going to be better. And I think it's hard 
to picture that when you're, you can't see the forest for the trees. Right. And one of the things that people don't like to hear is if there's not enough income, maybe we need more income. We can cut our, the nails out. We can cut the coffees out. Okay. That made a difference, but we still might have a need for more income. Right. And, and that might be a hard one to take and to decide to go ahead and do it. We have seen options where people could actually work overtime at their current job, at their current rate of pay or that time and a half, rather than going out and taking a completely separate job, which might be more beneficial than getting the second job, is just working extra hours or maybe picking up something where you work and, and working extra hours. Right, absolutely. To, to increase that income. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Because if you're in this situation, you have basically three choices. You can either decrease your spending, increase your income, or you can do a mixture of both, which might help you reach your goal a little bit faster. So, you know, kind of keeping that in mind and understanding that in the in the interim, in a short period of time, if you go out and seek additional income, if you cut things out, that you're going to reach that that time period where you have some peace about your financial situation. And I think that's one of the things you help people do is actually get a roadmap, because just because you might need that extra income now, it's not forever. Nobody's suggesting that you work two jobs for the rest of your life. Well, and as we kind of like finish up this conversation, I wanted to discuss proactive measures for making changes if needed. So you kind of mentioned this in like making the decision to get additional income, maybe get a second job. That's a really hard choice. What are some other things that you've kind of like helped people through or some decisions that people might have to make that are kind of unheard of that people aren't really considering doing because the majority of people wouldn't consider to do it. They're just going to be in debt. They're going to be uncomfortable. They're, you know, going to be in a position where they might not be willing or even think of these things as options. In some cases, maybe people don't understand the ramifications either of the choices they make to get out of the debt. Right now, we're taking a lot of calls from people who think you can just surrender a car and give it back to the bank. And you can, you absolutely can. And the bank will sell that car at an auction and apply all the funds to reduce the balance, but most times it doesn't pay off the balance, so you're still responsible for the paying the balance on a car you're not driving. So if you have a car with equity, absolutely take it. See if you could sell it. If you have other transportation, you don't want to cut yourself off from being able to get to work. What if you have a house that has equity? Maybe the answer for you is not having the upkeep on a house and actually renting a property if you could sell your house and get out from under a mortgage and actually realize some cash from that sale. So those are some pretty tricky ones. And I guess that's why I really believe in talking to the experts, someone like you, who can help people think of all the ins and outs of the decisions that they're going to make before they make them. Yeah, because every An informed decision. Is, yes, it's so different. Yeah. And you don't know what you don't know, right? And then also making sure that if you're in the position where you are looking for additional resources, not to forget that there's incredible organizations out there that are set up to help people in your community. So there are food pantries available. Um, your local trustee's office sometimes can help with utilities or rental assistance. And then, of course, organizations like United Way, where you can dial 211 anywhere you are and hear what your local resources are, whether it's childcare or food assistance, um, housing assistance, mental health assistance is a huge one. So please, those organizations um, want to help. And it, there's, there's no stigma. There shouldn't be any stigma around utilizing those resources if you find yourself in a position that you could benefit 
from something that's been set up to help you. And I know we're in Indiana and here in Indiana, there's the IndianaDebtRelief.org that actually lists a lot of these places and you can go on there and fill out a survey to find out what places might be able to assist you. There's home repair assistance. So if you've got a leaky roof, there's assistance for that before it becomes a bigger problem just because you can't afford to fix it today. Sometimes those can lead to even worse problems. So another thing I'd like to highlight is the Indiana Hardest Hit Fund. And I will tell you, most states have this type of fund. But if you're unemployed for no fault of your own, so you've lost your job because they downsized or they just eliminated a department, you can actually apply to have your house payments made through the Hardest Hit Fund from whatever state you live in. And there's actually up to $30,000 that you could get towards house payments, back payments if you're behind, and they will actually just pay your mortgage for you. I love that. That's so helpful. We'll have both of those listed in the show notes for anybody who's interested in checking those out. Something I kind of want to highlight too, there are some companies out there that offer to just like magically like eliminate debt, magically eliminate things that have reported to your credit report. And I would love for you to talk to our listeners about those, because if you're in a position of hardship, I think it can be very um, appealing to have somebody promise you that they can just like do away with, um, with your hardship quickly. So can you address those organizations? Yes. And actually, I just spoke to a woman this week when I talked to her about her visa payment. She was set up um, with a debt consolidation company. Not sure what they consolidated, um, because she's been paying them for six months. We have yet to receive a payment for them. We have yet to talk to them. So they never called to make an arrangement for her. She's been funneling money to them that she could have been using to pay down debt. And I said, do you know who they have been paying? And she had no idea. So she was going to make a few phone calls, but it's so appealing. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get everything. When they say consolidate, what they mean is you're going to pay one payment to us. There's no consolidating of your credit cards and your car loan, and those people aren't going to consolidate into what? There's, it's just not happening. The consolidation piece is used very loosely when they say that, and it's just making one payment to them. And if you're going to do that, you need to know it's a reputable firm, and you need to know what they're doing with your money, and you need to know how much of that that you're paying them every month is actually a fee and not going towards your bills at all. Mm, that's huge. And a lot of those companies, at least when I've worked with individuals who have pursued those companies, they ask you to stop paying on everything. And so then you have that seven-year period where you're trying to recover your credit on all of your accounts versus if you just had a couple late payments on a couple while you were making plans and trying to figure things out and using some of the tools that we've talked about today. What are some other, so you said you need to make sure you understand the fees that are associated with this. So what are some other practical strategies for avoiding financial burdens while you're, if you're experiencing hardship, the last thing we want to do is add to that. So what are some things that we need to be aware of that might add negatively to that situation? I don't know if this is, fits in here, but I want to get this in. Don't get a payday loan. Yeah, don't get a payday loan. Just avoid that. That is not going to make anything better. We're not saying that you shouldn't use the debt consolidation places or debt relief, but certainly know what you're signing up for and bring your contract in. Let somebody that knows what they're doing, a trusted advisor, look at it and go over it with you because it can add more stress than not when you, you're still getting calls and you don't know why and you're paying out all this money to another company. Those would be the two big things. Yeah. And I think if we just 
moving forward if we just know when our due dates are due so we know that when we can avoid late fees, trying to avoid over limit fees, um, overdraft fees, higher interest rates than maybe what we could qualify for elsewhere. All of those things are going to just kind of pile on. So we want to try to avoid that. Any um, last parting words besides don't get a payday loan, Terry? I know that's a bit, that's a motto for you. <laughs> um, just don't give up because I love the, you can get through this. Mm-hmm. Just get some assistance, someone that you trust to help you if you need to speak to someone, but don't give up. Yeah, and I think a lot of times people don't know where they can go, and that's exactly why we're here and why we do what we do, right, Terry? That's right. Thank you for joining us today on Better Money with Elements Financial as we chatted about navigating hard times um, of financial hardship. We hope you were able to take something away from this to make your money better. You can find more episodes at elements.org slash bettermoney or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review. If you're one of the 83% of Americans that told a recent Gallup survey that they plan to make changes to improve their financial standing in 2024, we would love to assist and partner with you in doing so. As always, you can reach out to us at bettermoney at elements.org. Thank you so much, Terry, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.